0: Radio, your gamers
1: You're listening to Shared Sagas, an Australian RPG actual play podcast. This podcast features adult language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised.
2: Greetings, and welcome to Shared Sagas. This is a very exciting episode, as it is the first session of our second full campaign. Our uh, season two, if you will. This game will be the Star Wars role-playing game from Fantasy Flight Games, uh, using elements mostly from Edge of the Empire and Force of Destiny. We will be doing a heavily remixed and expanded version of the published adventure Beyond the Rim, this will be my first time running an actual Star Wars campaign, so I ask both my players and listeners to be gentle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my name is Tom, and I will be your friendly GM for this adventure. Now, let us meet our awesome players and their characters that we are all going to grow to love.
1: Hello, my name is Nadia, and I will be playing Nyssa L. Erdame. Nissa is a Nautilan. She is hatched on the Nautilan homeworld. Glee Anselm is its name. She was raised on Teon. She was high-born, or hatched, to very wealthy but quite relaxed parents, so she was given quite a few options as to what she wanted to do with her life. Uh, she chose to become a doctor. She had an affinity for healing. So noticing that she had an affinity for healing, she decided to study the healing arts on Teon. And when she was finished her studies, uh, was requested to move to Canto Bite. a job offer uh, handed to her by a family friend mm. uh, some months la- later she fled Cantobite uh, quite quickly and in the middle of the night and in disguise. Since then, she has been laying very, very low. Uh, in terms of what she looks like, uh, she's quite the typical Nautilin except a little taller. She's quite tall and slim. She has a kind of dusky, dark green skin, and obviously with Nautilun's, they've got the very large multiple head tails. On her head tails, she has kind of black tiger stripes almost across them Cool. Uh, and her front two head tails have uh, bands of of copper around them her only kind of real adornment in terms of what she wears she wears basically a, a normal kind of surcoat and, and vest again with that the copper kind of finishes uh also with dark gloves um and dark knee-high boots as well and that's it
2: great and what are you armed with do you carry any weaponry etc
1: she has a light blaster
2: pistol and a vibro sword. Oh, cool. All right, then. Thank you so much. That's She sounds great. We can't wait to get to know Nissa. And you, sir? Hi, I'm Ben. I am playing Garthan
3: Boone, a human uh, from uh, planet Corellia, specifically at the Coronet system, but he was born and spent most of his time uh, aboard starships with the rest of his uh, family. From a young age, Garthan learned how to take apart and repair ships out of pilot vessels, it was often seen as chores that would be divvied up amongst the family as they travelled from port to port, completing various courier runs and other odd jobs in order to uh, keep the family fed and uh, alive. That's cool. As the family expanded, it became necessary to uh, look for a home planet side. However, the cost of having a home on Coronet, which is about the only place left that isn't uh, that has a star port on uh, Corellia, is prohibitively expensive mm. and so Garth and his father had to increase the number of uh, jobs that they had taken which unfortunately meant they were looking to cut costs in other areas including the maintenance of the ship and unfortunately that resulted in uh, tragic consequences that saw Garth and change and uh, unfortunately his father dead mm. so Garth now is the breadwinner or the Star Wars equivalent in order to try and keep his uh, family
2: under under roof that's awesome thank you so much and uh, what does he look like he's a wiry uh, wiry chap dark brown hair collection
3: of tools festooned about him on a uh, utility belt always there's some sort of like uh, spot of grease or uh, some other uh, type of fluid stain from the engines or the sublight bumps or the like he has uh, a long coat full of full of various tools mm-hmm. and a blaster pistol on one side and a pair of gobbles
2: um top of his head or around his neck fantastic that's super cool thank you so much.
0: Hi, I'm Mark. I will be playing Nanya Crendo, a Keldor smuggler. Uh, So he's dressed very light, just sort of almost like a cobbled together outfit, clothes that sort of have been acquired from various different planets, a couple of trinkets and patches around that he's picked up along the way. His sort of history is just that he always wanted to sort of go out and explore the universe. Mm-hmm. And a lot of sort of more official ways of doing that have a minimum age requirement. But he was very excitable, so ended up going away with a bunch of well, like like low grade criminals. Mm-hmm. almost grey market types and he hasn't ever really looked back since uh, jumped between a few different ships and things at the time partially just because he's uh, he gets bored or partially because he says or does something and upsets the wrong people and has to keep moving or move along so he just sort of is a bit transient but he's not like a hobo mm-hmm. he just wants to like, go out and see, that every, uh, see everything that uh, life a, has to offer he's a free spirit he is a free spirit uh, he is also a uh, very uh, lucky and intuitive person in a way that has nothing to do with the Force.
2: Right. So,
0: <coughs> so definitely not actually a Force-sensitive
2: exile. No, at that's all. not. That is
0: illegal. That is illegal. That is illegal. So and the Force does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bunch of hokum... Focus, focus. Yeah, yeah. It's an old religion. You've seen a lot of
2: things in this galaxy. Uh, just actually, sorry, just before we get to to Sam, uh, mm. just to double check everyone's career and specialization. It should be obvious from your description, mm. but just to just to confirm that uh, Nadia, sorry, you are a.
1: Oh, sorry. So Nissa is a colonist doctor.
2: Perfect. Thank you. There are system people who will care very much. And Ben, I am a technician mechanic, and I've also taken a second specialization, pilot. Oh, fantastic! Thank you so much for that.
0: And of course, Mark, you are a. I am a smuggler mm-hmm. and uh, force-sensitive exile. Yes. Uh, and with the specialization of scoundrel. Scoundrel. Okay, thank you so much.
2: Such
4: a scoundrel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Sam.
4: Hello, I'm Sam. I will be playing Nuala Minervan. Nuala was born on Alderaan, uh, and at a young age, she was found to have uh, sensitivity to the force. Mm-hmm. After much negotiation, her parents agreed that she'd be taken to Coruscant to be taken to the Jedi Academy. Oh, my. Um, So at the age of about 12, 13, uh, so she was apprenticed to a Jedi knight by the name of Draga Vos. Mm -hmm. Basically, her education was traveling with her master or mentor out into the outer rim basically that instilled a, a knowledge of the outer rim that you know sometimes included journeys to temples and finding artifacts oh like you know so basically what happened about 12 13 years ago was that they uh, she was about to complete her training about to complete a very big part of her training and they traveled to the planet Sky. Oh, uh, with cool. a uh, with a clone trooper as well as as extra security. Of course. And what had happened was during their time on Sky, while uh, Nula was in a deep meditative state, Order sixty six
2: went through. Oh, of course. Okay. Yes. Right.
4: Um, so what happened was that she went to a meditative state. Her master, uh, her mentor, was beside her, and when she came back out again, she was alone. Mm. No trooper, no, uh, no mentor, no one.
2: No one. Okay.
4: She was alone. The only thing that was left of him was a cloak.
2: Oh wow! That she okay.
4: that she found, and she still has Aww. to this day.
2: That's really cool. Okay, then. Um,
4: so, for the last 10 years, she managed to get off well with the help of a Togrutan archivist. Cool. That's awesome. Who is also a fixer, in a way. Mm. Um, so, the last 10 years have been, um, again, traveling the Outer Rim, finding artifacts and lore. It, now, were, were we discussing relationships? Yeah, it, please do. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so, um, this was how she met Garth. Arthur. And so... Yeah, basically this this, this treasure hunter archivist—he's a bit too old to be going on adventures anymore. <laughs> um, he he isn't—he uh, was a former force user, mm-hmm. but he had decided
2: to retire. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Okay, yes. Cut himself off. Cut himself off. Oh, well, but look, it's a safe move right now. Yeah. He,
4: he, he's, he's, he calls it his retirement. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so for the, for the jobs that he can't do and he's a bit too old to do, he sends out a message to Nula and says, my friend. I have a
2: job <laughs> great yes that's super cool so you and Garfin yes have been hanging out for a while yes and we've established that Nissa and Narnia also met uh, a brief while ago as far as your relationship so far do you want to one of you want to explain how you met
1: I'd be happy to so uh, on some backwater outer rim planet Nissa found herself Kind of at a loose end um, and was being harassed by a group of locals and was very close to being, to coming to quite some harm. Nanya very much came to her aid um, and got her out of that situation, which would he have done that um, violently or non violently?
0: Probably a bit of both to be perfectly honest. Uh, Nanya's has, has definitely has the ability to fight, uh, not necessarily great at hand to hand but is very cunning and perceptive and deceitful. So probably more used words, Mm. I think, to uh, get out of the situation.
1: Excellent. So yeah, Nissa was very thankful, obviously, and offered to buy him a drink. They went to a local bar, and that is where they got to talking and developed a friendship.
2: That's fantastic. And so we had also established that Garthen and Nanya had encountered each other in the past maybe you've worked together briefly what what was the uh, circumstances around your meeting previously
0: I don't know really because that depends on why would your character like be interacting with a character like mine so yours is like the happy-go-lucky scamper, I think was
3: your yes, yeah, yes, yes. yes. At the very least, in terms of services, I gotta imagine um, you're looking at me for a getaway driver
0: of some description. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, we're pulling a bit of a um, pulling a bit of a caper, and we needed someone who could get us away from a place at a very high speed. Okay, and, and a very precise ability, and uh, yeah, sounds good we to me. Our person, fantastic. Now,
2: I mean, the other big question, of course, with our secret jedi or our secret padawan mm-hmm. a former padawan i should say does Garthan know this is this something that you have kept secret from Garthan, or is garth is garthen aware of the fact that he's traveling with a uh, a very potentially dangerous person to be around in this particular era which by the way just to completely confirm this is set 10 years before a new hope so this is 10 years before the battle of yavin for those that are you know keeping track at home please continue ben all
3: right, so during one of our expeditions into some sort of ancient temple, both uh, Nula and Garthen were trying to get away uh, from a nested, uh, nested colony of Minox. Oh. Uh managed to get into the ship and blasted it off uh, into orbit, and then we discovered that uh, one of the Minox had crawled itself between the whole plating, gnawing on power cables, which was going to create a problem uh, going forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Garthen shut down all essential uh, systems so as to cut power from that area Then had to don a spacesuit to go outside with blaster in hand To try and uh, shoot the thing off Unfortunately he missed The Minoc went for him and tore a small portion of his spacesuit And it would have been quite perilous for Garth had not Newland seen the situation from the cockpit mm-hmm. And did something with her hand that caused the Minoc to ignore its Ignore fighting and instead, flew uh, back to wherever uh, habitat that it had come from. Oh. Garthen saw the gesture and saw the unusual behaviour of the minar, and put two and two together. Right. And given that Nolan's responsible for saving his life, Garthen feels that uh, she's she's a good friend who can be trusted, and certainly uh-huh. doesn't seem to be indicative of the propaganda that's come out of the out of the Galactic Empire in regards to Force
2: users. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. That's fa- that's really cool. So. Just to give you a really brief overview of the actual game, as we begin our saga today, as mentioned, the year is actually, sorry, it's nine BBY, before the Battle of Yavin. It has been approximately 10 years since the terrible Order 66 and the Jedi Purge coinciding with the rise of the Galactic Empire. The empire right now is at the height of its oppressive power. The formation of the Rebel Alliance is still years away, and so Bail Organa's resistance movement, using the power and reputation of Alderaan, is the only serious force standing against their tyranny. The Jedi that escaped the initial purge have been driven into hiding and are being ruthlessly hunted down one by one by the Emperor's evil inquisitors. Your characters, for various reasons, are looking to move off the galactic stage completely. Uh, Each of you has, as mentioned, good reason to want to avoid notice of both the Empire and other interested powerful parties and try to eke out a living in the lesser known regions of the galaxy. Uh, So with the size of each of your obligation scores, which we'll get into in a second, it's fair to say that you are somewhat notorious. You have a lot of heat on you from various factions, so the fact is you are not spoiled for choice when it comes to potential employers. To this end, with some of you being familiar with each other, have decided to come together formally as a troubleshooter mercenary crew of scrappy scoundrels. A la Firefly, Cowboy Bebop, and other fictional stories that we enjoy. You have all decided collectively the best way to start this new enterprise is with a trustworthy and semi-credible employer. In this case, that employer is Isotech. Isotech is a As mentioned, semi-credible technology company that you know is really a front for a black market operation. It is rumored that they are (laughs) semi-benevolent. At least they stay away from some of the nastier practices of criminal organizations. And most importantly, above all else, they have an excellent reputation honoring contracts and deals. They have dealings all over the galaxy, but their office operates out of the wheel. The main base of operations is Space Station BDFT-0978, more commonly known as the Wheel. And this, is, this station acts as a kind of a main stopover, place of trade and business and tourism, and it's in the Besh Gorgon system of the Mid Rim. It is appealing to you in particular because it operates in an immunity sphere, making its status under the Empire unique. Normally, in fact, Imperial ships are not allowed at the station at all, and there is no formal Imperial presence. They have no direct authority within the station in theory. So each of you has made contact with each other and also a twilight named Shira spelled S-H-I-R-A, who is the sister of the Isotech CEO. And she's heard of your individual competence and has set up something of an audition job for you to prove your abilities and trustworthiness to effectively be on the the payroll for Isotech, so to speak. Now, the payment for this job is of particular interest. It is rather than cash or a favor, It is an excellent deal on something that'll be very important to you going forward, which is a new ship that you'll be going in on purchasing together. In classic Star Wars style, of course, of course, it will be a YT-1300 light freighter. (laughs) And it is called the... Do we settle on Crimson Scarlet Magpie? Scarlet yeah, the, the Scarlet Magpie. So, as we open our scene today, we find your two separate groups. So that would be Ben and Sam, or should I say Garth and Nuala, arriving together. Nula. Sorry, Nuala. I write <laughs> M- it oh, as Nuala. Yeah. So you're arriving at roughly the same time on the hangar level at the wheel uh, to meet a representative of, of, of Isotech and get more detailed instructions on what your job will be, okay? Now, as a brief description, so the wheel itself, as its name implies, okay, is this, the this station's main fuselage, is referred to as the middle ring and it resembles a gigantic floating ring and that has the diameter of a small moon, in fact, glittering with the lights of a thousand portholes. There are two long spokes intersected uh, from a bulbous hub from which spring a vertical axis that supports two smaller rings one of which is known as the upper ring and then the lower ring, obviously. So that's the the setup of it, basically. Um, there are lots and lots of trading places, businesses, casinos, gambling, including everything from pit fighting to animal racing and other forms of uh, entertainment of a, of a nature like that are, are very, very common here. It does, in theory, have a barren administrator, But you've heard through the intergalactic grapevine that the Baron administrator uh, has recently been assassinated no more than a couple of months ago. And so as a result, it is now basically just being ruled by the administration until a new Baron can be elected. Uh, That's pretty much it as far as that goes. So as we open our scene, we, we see just the enormous hangar. We can see the Shields that uh, block the hangar off from the vast vacuum of space. We see mm-hmm. many, many cargo ships of all varying sizes and shapes coming and going, some of which are lined up. There are more sort of a queue of certain uh, ships that are lining up to be sort of sent away to various locations and levels. Others of course have got pre-established the equivalent of parking spots. It's all very bureaucratic and so forth. so people are hustling and bustling. Humans make up about 70% of the population of the you know dozens and dozens of figures that you can see running around this enormous gargantuan space with a high vaulted ceiling it's very well lit uh, and actually quite clean and tidy looking. But there's still a wide variety of other alien species as well. So let us begin, in fact, with Nula and Garthin. You two arrive first. However, you arrive is completely up to yourself. I think we probably sold the Junker and come here by transport. I,
4: yes. Unless
3: you want to go with we kept it and are trading it in.
4: Mm, We could probably keep it.
2: Let's keep it and trade it in. Mm. All right, okay. cool. So, so yep. to be clear, you're part of how you're going to be paying up for the rest of this ship you're yep. purchasing yep. is to trade in your old junker. Yeah, great exactly stuff. That. That's so. I guess uh, we, do we 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 see an old junker land, yep. do we? Yep. Yes, indeed, we
3: do. Barely well, held together. Oh yeah. It definitely looks like it has <laughs> seen a lot of um, action, but it does land smoothly and the engines shut off uh, shut off with nothing more than it, like an imperceptible whine. Oh, nice, fantastic. Do we know the ship that we're coming to purchase?
2: You do. Yes. Excellent. So. Correct. Yes.
3: It's a YT-1300. Those things that had problems with the you know, hyperdrive conduits since I rolled off the production line. That's the first thing we're going to have to take a look at.
4: Okay, that's, that's fair enough. But, hey, look, it'd be better than this. And and, and so Nuala gestures to the junker where something falls off.
3: <laughs> Actually,
0: no, it does not fall off. It does
1: not.
4: <laughs>
1: yes and, Ben.
0: Fair <laughs> enough. Bad improv, Ben. Uh, <laughs> Stumbling on my character, eh? already. Right.
2: <laughs> maybe maybe Sam, maybe you, you like then this, like you hit the ship and hoping yeah. something falls off that yeah. it doesn't. And so then you just like <sighs>
1: <laughs> it's
2: like it's just grab a plate or something I like
1: the idea the ship just coughs it's just like
2: that
4: yeah <laughs> actually yeah just Dong, and then a, yeah. at the back well
3: sure if you hit it there um,
4: <laughs> <laughs> if you hit it everywhere Garth come on let's go
3: I tell you it's just gonna be problem YT-1300s I swear okay <laughs>
2: That's amazing. Now, do we do we see? Uh, I mean, this is probably a silly question, but do we see a lightsaber at the hip of our uh, exiled Jedi? Or no, are you, you don't. You do not. Oh my! What what, what do we see?
4: Uh, so you see a. Light blaster pistol, mm-hmm. and uh, I need to read up more on the ancient sword. Well, it's it's a sword. It, it can it's actually a sword? take
2: yeah. So the ancient sword allows you to use the lightsaber skill. So it's a very well balanced, mm. old fashioned kind of sword, not a vibro sword. Mm. But it, it can take many different appearances. Like, you know, it can look vaguely like a katana. It can look vaguely like a military saber. It can have a long fantasy serrated bladed and it can look like whatever you like what does it look like your particular sort of look like
4: so it would look like you know what, what? it looks like a rapier
2: you want to go there, way? Yes. Yeah, I do. So like yeah, that. I do.
4: Excellent. So a, a lo- so it, it doesn't look like anything that can chop, <laughs> essentially. It's a long, it does, it, thin... It's, it's, so it's a yeah. long, kind of thin, elegant-looking...
3: Is it edged on one side or is it like a tri-blade?
4: Ooh, that is a good question. Edged on one side. It has a false edge. Cool. All right, yes. then. That's awesome. The way you
1: can hit people non-lethally with it. Is that your style, your character's style? Is she very...
3: Doing like a Ramuni Kenshin type of thing. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Is is she she very violent and brutal, or does she take the more peaceful stylings of, of some of the other Jedi?
4: So Garth hasn't really seen her...
3: Use a sword. Use a sword. Except to say that every now and then I'll take a look at it and go, well,
2: that's
4: that's going to be a lot of that's, help that, that's, a, that's, a, that's an antenna <laughs> that's, a choice.
2: <laughs> that's, that's a, a choice that's a choice so, so Nua is a mystic who is yes. a, a Makashi duelist
0: yes that's right
2: and for those for those who aren't huge Star Wars nerds the Makashi duelist uh, that style of lightsaber form is the lightsaber form that is designed to be essentially used against other lightsaber wielding mm-hmm. people so it is, it, it, it's, a, it's kind of an old fashioned style really because mm-hmm. don't forget in the Clone Wars, there was basically two Sith running around, and so
0: honestly,
2: lightsaber on lightsaber sword fights were really, really uncommon, and so it it was an interesting choice for your master to be Mm. a practitioner of that particular style above Mm. all else Mm -hmm. so it's a unique spot to be in Uh, It'll certainly help you should you encounter any Inquisitors, of course, but hey, there you are Let's hope that doesn't happen (laughs) 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 That's fantastic So now we cut to Nissa and Narnia So how do you arrive?
1: I have an idea For this, if you like the barrel idea Do yeah.
2: you like the barrel
0: idea? I like the barrel idea
1: okay. So Nautilans, uh, for those Who don't know, are, are very much an amphibious Race and they can hold their breath in water for a Very long time, so I think that um, I like the idea that you See this shipping vessel being unloaded And there's several Tanks of liquid being Unloaded, barrels of liquid being Unloaded, and when things settle and the unloading crew goes off to lunch. One of the barrels jiggles, <laughs> jiggles again, and then falls on its side, and out slips a whole sluice of very viscous, disgusting um, <laughs> looking liquid. <laughs> And Nissa kind of slides out and kind of starts looking around at the other barrels and there's one that's kind of just like sitting there just kind of like jiggling, 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 kind of like an egg that's trying to crack but isn't quite getting there and she goes over and and kicks kicks it over and and out slides Nanya. How I managed to convince you (laughs) to travel in probably the least comfortable style ever, I'm not too sure.
0: This was a mistake.
2: As, I love the idea that as that happens, the camera pans up and we can see this little approaching maintenance droid that actually has like very large eyes that just kind of blink twice and then just turns around and then just and then just slowly drives away.
1: I don't want to clean this up today.
2: <laughs> exactly. I mean, think of course, Mark, that you
3: come with a mask. Otherwise, it could be a challenge. Yes.
1: So Nissa just replies... Nissa just replies and says... Well, at least you didn't have to breathe it. Ugh, not something I ever want to do again.
0: I sort of poke the pool of liquid stuff and I'm just like, why would you breathe this? (laughs) <laughs> sort of like I'd like to pick up my finger and, like, it's a long strand. Ew. It's kind of, like, viscous. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Well, I can hold my breath for a very long time, but occasionally a little bit slips in and I've just... Do you have a tissue? Oh, that wouldn't work, with would it? And pulls out a handkerchief and it's, like, again, just dripping. <laughs>
2: yeah. You hear this little, like, clank, 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 and this tiny little janitor droid walks up and says, No, no, please, don't trouble yourself. Leave this to me. By all means. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, thank you. Um... Where are the showers? Where? This is our first day. Where are you here? Oh, really? I could not have guessed. The, yeah, showers, please, now. This I, Highly, highly uh, dangerous to the product.
2: There is a decontamination zone in sector 4 2. Like, it sort of vaguely points. <laughs> and then just frag my life. It says, looking down at them. At the uh, mess on the ground, and then pulls out what appears to be a woefully inadequately sized (laughs) cleaning apparatus and starts to slowly.
0: clean it up
1: <laughs> sorry right, let's
2: try to clean up so we look a little bit
0: more presentable yeah. when we go. we go and decontaminate Squel, squel, squel,
2: so off the main hangar bay you can see that there are corridors where people are going to other sections you can also see that there's places to declare cargo etc and obviously there's a small sort of shower the equivalent of a sort of a cleaning shower decontamination sector you walk on in and we have a, a brief montage of you scrubbing down and then you come out squeaky clean with your clothing dried and I guess you you, Likewise, then will be proceeding to this location on the uh hangar bay zone where you are to meet the representative of isotech. Yep, fantastic.
0: Okay, so swipe, <laughs> did I sw- swipe cut <laughs> and <laughs> we
2: star wipe, star wipe, yeah, and yeah. we see. Your ship. So now it's called the scarlet magpie. (laughs) Is it is it red or is it an ironic name? Rust. 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 It it might have been red once. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. That's great. What you notice straight away is the fact that it is really really damaged. There are sections of it that are on fire. And there are some maintenance droids scuttling over it, desperately trying to to fix it. Uh, You can see that sort of strange, dark, bluish black smoke is kind of belching and spluttering out of one of the main uh, engine sections. And you can see a very worried, very stressed looking, like there's any other kind, protocol droid uh, who has, basically looks very much like C-3PO, but is kind of a pale, almost metallic blue color. So this droid just goes goes back and forward like, oh my goodness, oh goodness me, oh dear. Dear, 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 dear. And, like, sees the four of you approach. Now, you... Some of you haven't met before, of course. Mm. Most particularly, uh, Nula and Nanya. I oh, love three of you have got N names. This is great. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's
1: what I was like, my middle name is L, so I think I might just go
2: by L. Okay, that's fine. So, Nula and Nanya have not met, of course. Mm. And, um... Garth and L. Garth, yes. And have not met either. So, hey, so your two groups meet together and see the glory that is your really, really damaged ship.
1: Uh, do we have to? to pay extra for that or is that just a freebie
0: Oh! I
1: hope we don't
0: does it fly fly is at
3: the top of a very long list of things it's that a it's
1: word for it going
3: to need to, to
0: be able to do
1: maybe it flies for a short time when you edge it off the cliff
0: <laughs> Well seems fine if it works it works no. no no no
1: I don't believe this was part of the deal
0: I it's still it's oh still my. on fire <laughs>
1: Perhaps one of these droids will know a little more.
0: Oh my... G- we were getting paid in a start but I don't know what you expected. This isn't the most high-paying job. I don't know why you would have expected anything better, but its it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's
3: gonna be first time we get into low-earth orbit. We're going to crash and like we're all going we? to die.
2: Let's <laughs> yeah. try to stay positive, shall we? Yeah, it'll be fine. Alright then. The protocol droid starts to nervously shuffle up to you. Greetings! I presume that you are before that I am to meet. My name is IT-3PO. I I'm a representative of Isotech. It is a pleasure.
1: <sighs> IT, can you perhaps explain why our payment for this job is currently
2: on fire? One small correction I would make is to use my full name, IT3PO, in all instances in addressing me. Thank you so much.
0: IT, can you please tell us why the <laughs> ship is on fire? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I'm
2: droid. There is this prolonged <laughs> there, is this, there is a prolonged pause and then he, he sort of doesn't blink but just kind of cocks his head to the side and says Worry not, you were promised to trade in on an intact ship and so the repairs will be done free of charge for yourself. It will however take some time A few days, at least, and the job needs to be done beforehand. Luckily, we have an alternative transport to the location in which you'll be undergoing this particular task for Isotech.
1: So long as it's not a barrel, I'm happy. It is not. (laughs) (laughs) I love droids that are too
2: literal. So (laughs) awesome. Let's walk and talk. Starts to shuffle off basically down towards a different a different uh, section of the hangar. Do, do you follow or do you yes. whisper yes. anything to each other trepidatiously before you oh, go I on? think
1: we should introduce ourselves. Yes. Uh, my name is Nissa L. Odame. Um I haven't met you two, I believe. Nula. Nula, lovely to meet you. And nice meet you. Garth. You can call me Garth. Garth, I see. Well, it's lovely to meet you as well. I hope that um your mood improves as the day does.
0: You came in a barrel.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean
0: It wasn't her best idea. <laughs> Bar- Fortunately, she's a much better healer than she is uh, a smuggler or criminal, so... So, not the barrel-class starfighter, though. What? Oh, uh... I think he's making a joke. Oh. An is
1: it, barrel. A sh- is it a ship joke? I
0: don't know much about ships. <coughs> I thought it was pretty good. It's okay, nobody does. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's this little voice that comes from one of the tiny, tiny little, you know, one-foot-tall, vaguely spider-like uh, repair droids on top of the ship repairing your vessel currently. And I do.
1: I I get that reference.
0: (laughs) Nobody asked you, J4! Jesus Christ! Get out of here! Every time with this guy.
1: Yes, um, barrels are not our preferred method of transport, but um, no. let's just say we're flying a little under the radar at the moment. Um, looking forward to a more comfortable kind of travel.
0: That's not on this planet. That is All right, scary. well, no judgment. Look, I I will... some people just don't get my sense of humour, that's all. because <laughs> I can't see you smile.
1: Is that what that's called? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, this brings us to the first thing, the first roll of the game. Now that we are up and <gasps> running. Oh my God. So one thing that is done at the beginning of every Star Wars role-playing session is we are going to roll for our destiny points, light and Yo. dark side. So each and every one of you is going to take one force die, which is the white one. Yep. Yo, and you are going to roll it and you are going to tell me what particular symbols you get, whether you get a light side point, Two dark side points, one... So it'll be either one or two of either light side or dark side. Two light side points. Two light side points. That's great. So we start that off there. Uh, Two light side points. Wow. Look at you. All right. Uh, One
1: dark side point for me.
2: Someone's letting the team down. That's fine.
1: Is that
2: me on evil this session? What does that mean? I will explain.
4: This session. Um, (laughs) One light side
2: point. Wow. Look at that. Okay. So what we So basically what we have then is we have one dark side point and one, two, three, four, five light side points. Oh, God. Now, <laughs> that's okay. So the way this works is that this is, this is kind of like your, you know, hero points, fate points, things that you can do to uh, give yourself a bit of a boost on something that you're trying to do, or in a lot of cases, exert a little bit of narrative control on the situation. So, you know, if you find that you don't have a particular piece of equipment or something that you really should have brought, you can go ahead and spend a light side point uh, if you would like to make some kind of declarative narrative detail to the scene. To Anything at all, you know, hey, I think I know somebody in this starport or I think I see a conveniently placed exploding barrel Anything at all like that. We will decide on whether it's appropriate as a group But yeah, the other more, much more mechanical thing that you can do is before you roll dice in any ability check You can uh, upgrade one of your dice making your chances for success uh, a little bit better Oh, you can also use it to mess up your opposition so right. rather than upgrading one of your dice, you can use it to upgrade the difficulty on something that uh, you know an enemy is going to be uh, doing to you or to your friends, etc. Also, there are certain abilities and talents that require you to spend uh, a destiny point to activate them, but there's not too many of those. But it, and of course it'll be noted on your on your talent whether that's the case. So when you spend a destiny point, you flip it from light side to dark. Now, I can also spend destiny points, but I can only spend dark side points. But And to do so, I have to flip them from dark side to light. So this flow back and forth will occur throughout the course of a session, right? So the more the more you use them, the more dark side points that I get to play with later and vice versa. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So the other thing we're gonna do at the beginning of the session, now that we're all up and running, is we're gonna roll on your obligation. So obligation is a mechanic that is in the uh, Edge of the Empire game in particular, and this deals with, you know, the reasons that you're trying to stay off the grid. You know, it can be that you're in debt to someone, like Han Solo is, to Jabba the Hutt. It can mean that you have a bounty on your head. Really quickly, I would just like people to give a really brief description, if you'd like, or we can keep it secret for now, as to what your various obligations are. I'm
1: happy to reveal one of mine at this stage in the game. Go for it. So one of my uh, obligations is responsibility to Nanya. Ooh. So as discussed in our meeting when we went for a drink, Nissa El noticed that Nanya was exhibiting some interesting symptoms and convinced him to allow her to run some tests. They discovered that Nanya was suffering from a condition that was brought on by poisoning. Uh, due to a faulty uh, rebreathing mask that he normally wears. Um, This condition won't cause him imminent death but will eventually lead to his death um, or disablement in the future. So she's decided that part of reclaiming her identity as a doctor um, is that she wants to help cure Nanya of this disease.
2: That's really cool. Awesome. Thank you so much. And does anybody else want to tell what any of their obligations are?
3: Uh, Let's see. So I have two. I have debt which is we a corporation uh, called Oradelve. Was it Oradelve Incorporated?
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Excellent. Yeah, Oradal Incorporated. Okay. Which is a mining consortium and hmm. uh, unfortunately, in the course of transporting supplies, my uh, contract, uh, Garth and his father Cullen encountered tragedy which resulted in the uh, resulting in the Boone's ship being damaged and Cullen dying and the uh, cargo stranded in an asteroid field and otherwise unrecoverable. Oh, wow. So okay. Oradal Industries holds a debt over the Boone family for, um, for loss of property.
2: Okay, interesting.
3: And Garth also the son of the boon family mm-hmm. so the jobs that he's taking is to try and uh, support his family and also get them out from under or adults, uh, influence
2: that's super cool okay awesome and sam
4: ah so i could probably just go with the most obvious one <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> uh so she happens to have a bounty on her head for obvious reasons
2: because you're a jedi uh, or, yeah yeah
4: yeah go, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> go f- <laughs> Go figure. I (laughs) mean, so that one's pretty straightforward. I think Mm -hmm. we can all realize why uh, that can potentially be a
0: problem for you in game during this era. And Mark? My character upsets some people. (laughs) And they kind of want revenge. It's not, look, it's not a big deal. (laughs) They. Took something and blew it out of proportion and they're upset about it and I'm just trying to stay out of their way. Are you
1: gonna tell us what that thing is, buddy?
0: Um, oh no. <laughs> no! I don't think it's I don't see how it's relevant. We just need to get off world. It's a little bounty on my head, but it's probably not even big enough to sort of go any further than the planet. So let's let's just get out of here. So
1: you too needed the barrel, sir. <laughs> You're giving me shit about hiding in a barrel. <laughs> he fucking
0: needed that barrel <laughs> why else do you think I agreed to the barrels <laughs>
2: Uh, And for those listening at home, that is a 20-point obligation bounty, so to say that you are a hunted person is uh, an understatement. So, I'm going to go...
0: It's a misunderstanding. (laughs) (laughs)
3: They're obligated to fill the bounty form in. It's it's really just paperwork.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, dot the I's, cross the T's, (laughs) uh, stamp the alien symbol. (laughs) So, the way that obligation works, uh, for those that don't know, is at the
2: beginning of a session I, I kind of put all of these obligations together on a D one hundred roll chart, and mm-hmm. I'm going to roll and see if there's any chance that but one. There is only four of us. <laughs> one of your obligations is effectively triggered. <laughs> there's an eighty percent chance of that occurring. <laughs> <Yes>. So, that's uh, <laughs> so, so to say that you are a, a notorious lot is uh, an understatement. And there we go. I have my result. Oh god. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay. It's It's fine. It's It's fine. So you you start to make your way across the, you know, the large sort of cargo area there. As you are walking, IT-3PO says, So! Yeah, buddy? Isotek has an excellent relationship and, uh, more importantly, a lucrative technology contract with the mining settlers of Banu, a recently discovered planet in the Outer Rim. This planet currently has an imperial governor, that has taken over because the Empire also wishes to do some mining on this particular planet. So far, tensions have been high and there is a dispute that has recently surfaced that we would like you to travel there to settle in one way or another to protect ISotech's interests with this local mining company. Luckily, despite the fact that your ship is damaged, there is a transport that is leaving in less than an hour to Banu itself, transporting both supplies for the mining and also a few of the new workers recently hired. And as you approach uh, further along, you can see that there is a transport ship. It is a
1: crappy... Can I just ask, so the job is to resolve a dispute with someone on the planet
2: yeah there's a there's a there is a an isotech ally who is obviously a representative of the local mining group that would like essentially some troubleshooters to come and help them with a situation that has occurred that's
1: very vague so so it's like a union leader like causing shit like can we get any more information
2: you'll you'll have to get information there it it, it is actually being kept very secret that's the whole point so you're supposed to go there and resolve this issue so we
1: know there's an issue on a planet and we go to
2: that planet. Yep. Yes. Exactly right. This is us trying
3: to remember that we we're auditioning for Ice Attacks, so yeah. we want to put best foot forward on this one.
2: Exactly. So, uh, so what you can see is a corellian HD two two zero zero. Uh yes. Uh, which Hello. is a sort of a lower. I mean, you know, it, it's it's not mm. bad. It's a, it's a transport ship. It does it does the job. It does the job. It's reliable. It, it is a reliable ship. it's yeah, um, not ask to do
3: much more than what it does, but yeah.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, and you can see that there is a uh, a group of four uh for, you know, large reptilian uh, species, who are uh, effect- effectively dressed in sort of you know mining work outfits, more or less, packing up some equipment and so forth, and loading it onto the ship. Um, and IT-3PO approaches them, and you can also see that there is a uh, male Zabrak, who mm. is well, sort of a middle-aged fellow, as far as you can tell, mm. um, with his species. He's got sort of paler, orangish skin. He is dressed in a, in a flight suit, so he's, he'll obviously be the pilot. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of sitting there wincing as the Trandoshans are being less than gentle in loading on some of the equipment and big plastic steel crates into the cargo hold of the ship. Um, so he turns to you as you approach and says, Oh, hey, 3PO. Hello. Here are the extra passengers that I have arranged. Thank you so much for taking them at such short notice. One of the Trandoshans, a very large female Trandoshan, wanders over and says, What? And just approaches you. We weren't told about this. And so the Zyarak just turns to her and shrugs and says, it's extra
0: passengers. We have plenty of food. Don't worry about it. Unless you don't like having money, because we are paying. It's going to be cramped enough as it is. Oh no, it's about, I don't actually sleep in bunks. I've got my own. It's it's a thing. Don't worry about it. I've slept in a lot of places on a lot of starships. It's not a problem. Tell me about it. IT3P pipes up and says, and most importantly,
2: it is not up to you at all. It is up to Isotech, who is paying for the trip and the supplies. I
0: don't now they think we're knocks.
2: <laughs> at this response, all four of the Trandoshans just kind of glower at each of you and give you all the death stare. IT3PO is oblivious to this and just turns to you and gives you a thumbs up. and then going off that arm and beat it with it one <laughs> of <reason>. these <laughs> A little nod and says, oh, now that's all settled with no hard feelings on either side, I'll be off. And yeah. <laughs> just turns and walks off. Uh, the female trained ocean who appears to be the leader of these mining crew uh, just kind of leans, oh, who sort of looks to be in charge of you four? I guess, I guess that... Um, Narnia was the one that spoke so she just kind of leans down because she's very tall obviously close to seven feet tall and you know points a clawed finger at your chest and says just be sure to stay over our way right and with that it doesn't allow you to respond really just
0: turns and stalks off and starts to lift some plaster steel crates um I have my olfactory senses covered was that Trend Ocean's breath as bad as <laughs> I thought it was
1: oh I could smell it from here
0: well you guys are gonna have fun where will you be oh you'll be there just wearing that. wearing wearing something that stops me from smelling them.
1: You can turn off, I imagine, like, because like, you would want to have some kind of sense of smell at some point in, in certain situations. Maybe you can, like, flick it on and off, and you're just, like, off it. <laughs> <laughs> Flakes
0: off the switch. I don't even want to bump it accidentally. <laughs> but you'll never be able to turn it on again. I don't care.
1: Perhaps we could all exercise some restraint on this journey, being that we will be in such close quarters with these kinds of people. Perhaps we can be a little bit more polite, stay out of
0: their way. Why were you looking at me when you said that?
1: Uh... (laughs) Well, you know, you're very charming at times. (laughs) Just... (laughs) So anyway...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great stuff. Let's get on the ship,
1: shall we? Let's.
2: (laughs) So, uh, the male Zabrak approaches you somewhat, in fact, very, very decidedly more politely and goes to shake each of your hands and says, Hey, nice to meet you. My name's Gluck. I'll be your pilot. Don't worry about them. They've got an attitude problem. That's for sure, but it's fine. It's fine. I'll get you there safely. Uh, flight time's looking at about 45 hours, so uh, I guess settle in. We're going to be taking off in about 20, 30 minutes, uh, ideally, so make any final preparations you like and uh, see you aboard. See you aboard. Okay, he just gives a, gives a little nod and goes and walks on onto the ship to get the engines warmed up.
1: I'm surprised that you didn't harass him about, you know, how he was going to pilot the ship or what the specs of the ship were or anything like that. He doesn't Back need seat pilot.
3: He doesn't need that level of distraction. I'm more concerned about... Uh, one of those Trandoshans putting a claw into something vital if we decide if they get pissed off.
0: That is true enough. People like to violently demonstrate how angry they get sometimes and these guys can do a lot of damage. I am going to string up a hammock somewhere in the cargo bay. As you go to approach the ship, you know, you're sort of bumping up against the
2: Trandoshans who are carting on in their stuff. All of a sudden, from behind you, further along on the dock, you can hear that there is an enormous ear-shattering clang Is what is very, very clearly a huge plaster steel container. Is dropped from kind of a floating flying crane thing. The reason it dropped is so you, you hear what sounds like some thump 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 thumping coming from inside the container, mm-hmm. uh, which causes it to rock to, to rock and shake, and then all of a sudden, thump, it falls down to the ground with a huge, you know, ear splitting clang. And then one of the sides of the container basically gets blasted open mm-hmm. and then out springs what appears to be a group of eight tall, elongated, very sort of skeletal-looking battle droids. Ooh. Um, they each have a sort of a smaller curved blade on their left arm and they have obviously a blaster rifle on their right arm think of them like sort of dark black metallic not duck build faced battle droids from like the Clone Wars Uh era just that very sort of clanky skeletal they they, sort of walk in that sort of strange haphazard pattern they look a bit quicker than that but other than that they they all said it's like insurgency insurgency and just they just look like they're about to go completely Uh nuts so this is a bit of a surprise you are nearby let's go ahead and role initiative. Even if uh, you don't plan on getting involved in this conflict, the disturbing thing that you notice is that, first of all, there's quite a few innocent general people standing around, but also, in this particular area, there isn't a lot of security. So, you're about the only armed people around that could formulate a measured response to this. So, it's a cool or a vigilance check? Well, that's the thing. I don't think that any of you were expecting this. And in this system, there's two kinds of initiative. So, cool is, basically, if you are prepared, if you're expecting trouble, and vigilance is more how you react to a sudden surprise attack hmm. surprise combat which I think uh, unless there's any arguments would probably definitely qualify as a yeah is somebody like
1: yeah. shipping these on the black market or something like that
2: well listen it, it is perfectly legal to own and produce droids of a military nature they, they could be legitimately bought security droids right belonging to somebody here but the point is they are definitely running amok they're going on about insurgency and they're you know getting ready very clearly getting ready mm-hmm. to open fire somebody on,
1: hasn't wiped their
2: programming from the last time you used maybe so maybe we'll find out but the point is right now we're gonna make our first dice roll of the game (laughs) so listen this is the way that initiative works in this game as mentioned you're going to be forming a dice pool based on one of those two abilities we've already confirmed that this is definitely going to be a vigilance roll and so the way that skill checks work in this is you're gonna take look at your ability vigilance is tied to will Mm -hmm. and so you're gonna take the bigger of those two numbers between your will stat and your vigilance Skill and you're gonna grab that many green dice.
1: Okay. So the higher of the two. Yeah, normal. No, one green dice in vigilance and one in willpower,
4: so that's a very easy decision to Well,
1: people. in this
3: case, you've only actually just
2: got one. Um, yeah. one
4: so what happens one. when you have a rank in vigilance?
2: So if yeah. you so you take basically normally if the stat is the larger number. not uh-huh. always, but in most cases it is. Okay. And then if you have a rank in that skill, you are going to upgrade one of those green
0: dice to a yellow dice, okay. which is a much so better dice. Character sheet um, be I swimming. have a dot yeah. with uh vigilance. Uh, for career skill, does that influence anything here, or no? No, just whatever your rank is. So cool. If you so um, I would just like to point out that because I have just normally, very normal, very good reactions. Yeah, sure. yeah, 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 sure yeah. yeah. De- definitely not a force Cal- at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> some people say they're uncanny reactions, but I mean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think they're pretty canny.
0: They're pretty canny. <laughs> uh, I get a, uh, as as yet another die, yes. a blue die. Okay. Which is, uh, right. yes, it's a
2: boost dice. Yeah, so blue die or the boost die. These are normally, think of it like, I guess for, for those more familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, it's kind of like having an advantage or a bonus. Mm-hmm. And you'll add those. So, okay, great. So you get to add a boost die. And do you have any ranks? Uh, no, not in Vigilance. That's okay. But you have three in Will. Is that yes. right? Great. Well, you will, okay, let's use Mark as an example. So you're going to roll, roll those. Those
1: guys. Mark shouldn't be an example for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Shice. That's not a good symbol, is it? No, it's a great symbol. No, it's the great. Explosions. Those are successes. Yeah. So if, uh, you look, if you look to the handy cheat
2: sheets that I've made up for you, there's basically a few different symbols. And, and this is going to be the thing that as we as we play, we're going to need to learn. It's a little bit of a learning curve because it isn't as simple as, you know, rolling a d20. But it's a really cool and fun part of the system. So uh, you'll see X number of successes
0: there. So how many do you have? I'm seeing a lot. <laughs> so uh, one green dice has a single success on it. Another green dice has two Successes on it The third green dice Has Two advantage symbols on it And the blue dice Is Blank Cool So Much like me It brings nothing to the table (laughs) That's not true You bought snacks the other day So that's Six years ago Tom (laughs) I remember <laughs> so that's five in total then yes yeah I guess technically cool. like three and two advantages which recover strain and yeah. share boost die advantages
3: don't don't really play a part in initiative except when you're breaking ties I think this is
0: true so, but, but keep that in mind yes.
2: so yeah that, that's any time in, in rolling initiative advantages have many uses in other skill roles but uh, Bam what did you get I got blank zero okay <laughs> and Sam
4: um, I got two successes and three advantages
2: Oh, good. So
0: two and three advantages, and now you
4: one success.
0: Okay, good. Which is so pretty good. I could have I had, had one that many successes while I was using the force <laughs> that doesn't exist, <laughs> and I don't have. <laughs> now, this is very important with regards to
2: the that person that got two successes. How many advantage did you get? Three. Three. Perfect. So that means that you will go before the enemy slot. So, to be clear, uh, there is a group of eight of these droids they are going to be formed into two groups does that make sense okay so because they are effectively the equivalent of mooks minions right they all they act as a group they're individually very weak etc etc so uh they are actually both going to be going after yourself the way it works is when you roll initiative rather than each person necessarily being what they rolled that gets you a slot your side, for the PCs. Okay. And I roll for each enemy, each adversary, and they get uh, a slot for each number. But then you can choose every single round who goes in what slot. Mm. So just to explain how that would work. So in this case, right, Mark got five and Sam got two and Nadia got one and Ben got zero. Mm. So last. But that doesn't mean that you have to go in that actual order. So for example, we could say that that five slot that you have earned as PCs, Nadia could go first. Mm. And Ben could go second and Sam could actually go last mm. you work it out you sort of strategize as a group you don't have to decide straight away you do it after each turn right so the fact of the matter is um, that the enemies are going to go twice but they have actually both got one success both groups did uh, so they're, they're going to go after everybody except for Nadia and Ben so it's going to be oh sorry was it five by the way or was it three? Five, five successes?
0: Uh, well yeah five, Well, it was uh, three successes and two advantages
2: oh I'm sorry no that's my fault so it it actually works out exactly the same either way so we have a okay so first up we have a three slot who would like to take their turn first
1: thanks for listening to shared sagas all music on the show is used under creative commons check the episode notes for full details